When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. This is Unsportsmanlike with Evan Candy and Michelle coming to you live from the seaport. Brought to you by Grey Goose, Steelers <laughs> Radio Network. Big win last night for Pittsburgh over Tennessee. 20-16. to 16. Mike Tomlin does it again. Does it again. When he's got nothing, he's got everything. When he's got everything, he's got everything. Doesn't matter. This man just finds ways to win. They're 5-3 and three on the season. They are potentially, once again, headed towards a winning record. He never doesn't have 500 or better. And potentially, once again, heading to the playoffs. While Tennessee, while losing, may have some hope here with Will Levis. Yeah, last night was a win-win, right? For the Tennessee Titans, they got something in Will Levis. Let's see what the rest of the regular season looks like. But either way, Ryan Tannehill should not be putting on a Titans jersey for the rest of his individual career. It should be the Will Levis show, and it actually makes it make sense. The fact that Rand Carthon, their general manager, didn't trade away Derrick Henry, didn't trade away Danico Autry, didn't trade away all of the players that have value, because you do want to see what Will Levis can bring to the table when he has competent supporting cast around him. So I, I like the fact that he showed as well as he did in a short week against a really good defense on the road, hostile environment, that he's capable of being able to operate the offense and give his team a chance at the end. Now, on the other side of it, Mike Tomlin, without Minka Fitzpatrick, you saw that defense didn't necessarily look put together, especially the back seven. It looked like kindergartners at a fire drill, (laughs) but they still were able to find a way to make the requisite plays to close out that opponent. So I'll give credit to both sides on this one. I thought it was a positive for both teams, even though the Steelers were the one that walked out with a win. Yeah, with Will Levis, I know that the last-minute fourth quarter rally that he had ended in an interception, which was one of the causes of the loss, but I was just still really impressed with with him overall and especially his poise these past two weeks it does not look like the moment is too big for him or that the stage is too big for him which I think is a good sign for the Titans now when we look at the Pittsburgh Steelers when we're looking at the standings and we're looking at the AFC North when I see the Ravens and then the Steelers behind them I'm like what are you doing here I can't believe that they're sitting here right now at five and three with Mm -hmm. some of the quarterback play we've seen from Kenny Pickett and all of that credit I'm giving to Mike Tomlin for once again finding ways to win well obviously a great win for the Steelers at the Division is really difficult. We know with the Ravens and the Bengals and the Browns in that. As we look also ahead to the college football weekend, another big story, of course, surrounds Michigan. The latest here, Pete Thamel, ESPN, writes the following ESPN.com. A vast majority of the Big Ten coaches expressed their frustration with the ongoing sign-stealing investigation of Michigan in a video call with Commissioner Tony Petiti on Wednesday, sources told ESPN. The call, which took 90 minutes, included nearly an hour without Jim Harbaugh. But now here's where it goes on, that basically what now is happening is Thamel has reported as part of this that now the Big Ten athletic directors are sensing a change in the tenor from the commissioner, Tony Petiti, on Michigan allegations per sources. Petiti revealed to the ADs he's engaged with the NCAA about the details of Michigan's alleged sign-stealing ring. Will action follow? So now what seems like there's a change that the the 
surrounding members of the Big Ten are looking at Petiti, the commissioner, and saying, oh, maybe he is going to do something here. Maybe we're not going to wait for the NCAA or wait for after this season. Now, here's the other part of it that is interesting in terms of new news. Ryan Walters, the head coach at Purdue, he has his weekly coaches show, and here's what he had to say, and they're playing Michigan this weekend. Here's what he had to say about the Michigan sign stealing. There aren't allegations. Like, it it happened. You know what I mean? And, you know, there's video evidence. There's ticket purchases and sales that you can track back and you know we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games and so you know we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals and and we will operate differently offensively like we might you might see us in a huddle for the first time this season so it is it is what it is but uh, we're excited to go play and I think it'll make for a great story that really is an amazing piece of audio. That is not speculative. That's like, oh, yeah, of course it happens. Like, we're acting on it because we know it happens. But I guess the part that's frustrating for me is just that it's such an easy fix. I mean, he talked about what they did. They learned a new language. They changed their signs. They adjusted. I mean, shouldn't you operate under the assumption that everybody is trying to steal your signs? Now, I don't, I don't presume that everybody is going to the lengths that Michigan did with having an, an operative on the sidelines at a game against two future opponents, In right? Disguise. Yeah, Central <laughs> Michigan, Michigan State, Connor Stallions is wearing Central Michigan stuff. Like, I don't, I don't want to assume that everybody is doing that, but shouldn't you operate as a head coach with the assumption that everybody is trying to steal your signs? There are 80,000 people in the stadium. You mean to tell me there's not one person that's associated with one of your rivals in the Big Ten? That's the part that doesn't make sense to me about the rule that the NCAA has. I get it. Rules are rules. But when it comes to the discipline, the form of punishment that gets levied to Michigan, if at all, and toward Jim Harbaugh, I think that warrants some consideration. It feels like an antiquated rule, an antiquated bylaw that the NCAA has on the books because of equity mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily, from a practical stance, make any sense in today's college football landscape. Yeah, there's so many tentacles to this, but I th- I think there's a line, and you know that everyone's always looking to get a competitive advantage. How close can we get to the line? Let's operate in the gray small. Can we get a toe over the line? (laughs) But I think in this case, as the photo evidence and the video evidence continues to mount and more is coming out about this, it seems like there was a big step taken over the line. And the other tentacle here is that Michigan's really good. If this was a team that didn't have a lot of success, they were stealing signs, and it wasn't benefiting them in some way, we wouldn't care to the same degree. Jim Harbaugh is a really polarizing figure. People are looking for reasons not to like him anyway, and this is just throwing more gas on that fire. This latest report, though, from college football reporter and insider Pete Thamel makes me think differently than I did a day ago. I thought a day ago that everything that they were going to do would be delay, delay, delay till after the season and not impact anything this year. Now I'm wondering if things are building up enough where he potentially, he being Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, splits the difference and almost puts Harbaugh on the NFL-style commissioner list, which is you're not allowed to play You're still allowed to get paid. We're looking into what's going on. We'll let you know what's happening later. Because maybe they're not going to look at Michigan and say, we're going to prevent you from playing in a college football playoff. You're just going to have to get there without it. See, I got a problem with that. See, when we start talking about the NFL commissioner list, it's because of something, somebody doing direct action, right? Their behavior directly impacting something or violating the personal conduct policy. We're not talking about something that Jim Harbaugh actually did. Now, well, we it may might, be. It, well, we may be, but we don't know that right. at this point. We, we have yet to hear that there is a definitive link to Jim Harbaugh having awareness of it. 
the part where we know Jim Harbaugh could be facing disciplinary action is that he should know, ignorance not being an excuse. But there is no evidence that we have heard about that has been reported that says he had direct knowledge of everything that Connor Stallions was doing in terms of trying to steal signs. So until the conclusion of the investigation that the Big Ten is going to do, the NCAA is going to do, potential municipalities are going to do when it comes to you know trespassing, that type of thing, I think we have to stop short of saying that Jim Harbaugh can't coach the Michigan Wolverines this season. I don't feel comfortable going down that slippery slope and saying, well, you might have done something knowingly or might not have, but we're going to punish you right now, and then we'll figure out what happens at the end of the investigation. I don't think that's appropriate at all because this could be something where somebody being overzealous decided to overstep in a way that nobody sanctioned within the Michigan program. Yeah, there's still just allegations at this yeah. point, even though we have a lot of people coming out saying that it's not, that they have the evidence, they have the videos. But I guess I'm operating in a world where I'm looking at the situation and saying, is this person, Connor Stallions, really going to go to all these lengths to get on the sidelines, to, to wear the different gear, to get the sunglasses, to get the signs, and then he's back in the walls of Michigan and he's not sharing that information and that it's somehow not getting to Jim Harbaugh? Let's say he gave it to another coach. You mean that they're going to adjust their game plan based on this information and not tell the head coach? I just don't know why this person would go to this lengths to get this information and how it would not in some way get filtered to Jim Harbaugh. And I think the more we learn about this the more we're going to find the connecting points well the other part of this that this is where i disagree like i don't i don't think somebody should be punished for allegations at all we just played a piece of audio that someone is saying this happened so tony petiti can go to ryan walters and say okay give me the information give me every piece of information and evidence the head coach of purdue said this happened we know this happened so what are we like something changed within the last 24 hours because Pete Thamel's reporting is different today than it was a day ago. They were frustrated that nothing was going to happen. Now they have they being the other Big Ten schools. Now they have hope that something may happen. Well, what changed? We have a head coach on the record with audio we just played saying this is not. Well, let's play it again because he said not allegations. I believe he said this actually happened. So if I'm Petiti and I hear this, my first phone call is to this guy saying, can you please send it over to us if you haven't already? Again, Ryan. Ryan Walters, head coach, Purdue. There aren't allegations. Like, it, it happened. You know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, there's video evidence. There's ticket purchases and sales that you can track back. And, you know, we know for a fact that they were at a number of our games. And so, you know, we've had to teach our guys a new language in terms of um, some signals. And, and we will operate differently offensively. Like, we might, you might see us in a huddle for the first time this season. So it is it is what it is, but uh, we're excited to go play, and I think it'll make for a great story. I mean, he's speaking in definitive terms. Yeah, he's speaking in definitive terms, but there's no smoking gun connecting Jim Harbaugh to Connor Stallions in terms of the sign-stealing scandal. Like, Connor Stallions may have been doing this and relaying the information, but through degrees of separation, there's no there's, – there's no evidence that shows that Jim Harbaugh had direct knowledge to the lengths that Connor Stallions was going in order to get said information. So that's where I stopped short of taking Jim Harbaugh off the field and not allowing him and to I continue to coach not. the rest of the season. Like it, it, At the conclusion of the investigation, if you're saying that, yeah, you should have known about it even if you didn't, 
fine. I'm good but with that. But let's let the investigation play itself out. I agree. This whole business about putting him on some kind of commissioner's exempt list or saying that he can't coach indefinitely until the conclusion of the investigation seems very heavy-handed, very unfair, and it feels like you're retroactively imposing some type of discipline that you already wanted to because of Jim Harbaugh and the allegations when it came to recruiting violations. That's where it starts to feel like a circus. That's where it starts to feel like a witch hunt. And the other Big Ten coaches giving voice to this feels a little hollow to me in the sense that they have a, 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 I don't want to say an agenda, but there is something to be gained from them by by doing this in this time and space. Because if they can get Jim Harbaugh out of the Big Ten, that makes life easier for them. So it, it feels like everybody has an angle with this thing. But the NCAA and the Big Ten need to let the investigation play out before we talk about what they need to do in the way of discipline for Harbs. I, I agree. What I'm saying to you is something has changed, and what I think they may do is something like that. I'm not saying I think they should do that. But, but I guess my whole point is why would you do something if you don't know the extent of the well, then what of, the, of the whole scandal? What do you think has changed? Why do they now believe that they're going to have some sort of penalty where a day ago— I don't, I don't know, but I mean, we need to hear the evidence before we can say, yeah, they have to do something right now. Right. Right, right. But yeah, unless they have something where they say, yeah, we have evidence. There's an email from Jim Harbaugh, the Connor Stallions, directing him to be on the sidelines for the Central Michigan-Michigan State game and put on Central Michigan stuff. If we have that email, if we have that text message, then cool. Take them off the field yep. and, and make it indefinitely until the conclusion and then say what the, the, the punishment is going to be definitively. But this business about, oh, well, we, we have a lot of evidence and a lot of things seem to be corroborated and – we, we just don't feel comfortable with Harbs on the sidelines. Without the completion of the investigations, I feel co- uncomfortable punishing Jim Harbaugh. I agree with you. I don't like it in general with anything. You have to let it play out. I just want to understand what is – and we don't know the answer because we're not involved. I guess, my whole point is, I guess my whole point is how can you know that the punishment fits the crime if you haven't finished the investigation? Yeah, and Ryan Walters – How is that even possible? Ryan Walters, head coach of Purdue, <laughs> if you haven't gotten a call yet, expect one. Such yeah. a stupid rule. Such a stupid rule. The the whole Connor Stallions on the sideline thing is separate and apart, but stealing signs, having somebody in the stands recording the signs that you're relaying the plays from the, the sidelines to the play is such a stupid rule. Coming up, stupid rule. our frenemy will join us next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. Unsportsmanlike is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com for more. He is our frenemy, and he is one of the hosts, of course, of Carlin versus Joe. 
Joe Fortenbaugh joins us each and every week at this time. Talk about some of the weekend picks here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. All right, Joe, let's start with this. I have a theory. I've been using this for years. I'm going to I'm use it. I'm doing great, Evan. Thanks for having me on. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> no, no, no pleasantries. No pleasantries. No pleasantries needed. Uh, I, I, believe, I believe in the interim coach bump. I would always bet on the team that has the interim coach for the week they have the interim coach, college or pro, for the one week, all in on the Raiders this week as a result. Do you believe in the interim coach bump? Okay, I like the angle. Out here, we call it the dead coach bounce to play off of the uh, stock market, the dead cat bounce when a stock that's been dropping for a long time suddenly has this nice little resurgence. People think, oh my God, it's back. It's not back. It's one last bounce, and then that's it. Interesting. Very interesting to approach this game because if you're the Giants, this is as disrespectful as it gets. A bad franchise in the Raiders just fired their coach. They promoted a coach that has no head coaching experience. And that's not to knock Pierce. It's just to point out the fact that he has no head coaching experience. You're benching Garoppolo for a quarterback with virtually no experience, and the Giants are still an underdog in this game. So if you're New York, you have to take this. That's a damn shame, Joe. You have to take this as disrespect. This is disrespect to the highest level. I I can't possibly play this game. I, I have no idea what to make of the Raiders. On one hand, it seems like the locker room and the culture didn't really enjoy McDaniels all that much. Now that he's gone, maybe you get a great effort this week. And I got to be careful because how much can I trust the Giants? But on the other hand, everything I already laid out about the Raiders, they could sink a little bit further. So I'd love to give you a better answer, but it's a stay away play for me right now. Joe, don't tell me what you can't do. Tell me what you can do. What's your best play in the week, night, week nine slate of games in the NFL? That's a great question right there. You see, we should just skip Evan and go right to Canty or Smallman <laughs> each week, and we'll get right down to business. Very nicely done. Uh, there's a lot I like. We got three big games. We got the Germany game. We got the Eagle game. And then we got the night game. Best play is in the night game. I play over 49 and a half points in the Buffalo-Cincinnati matchup. Uh, I, 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 I think people are severely sleeping on Cincinnati right now. We saw this last year when they started 2-3, and three, they go to the AFC Championship game. We saw it two years ago, they start 5-4, and four, they go to the Super Bowl. They come out, they open 0-2, Burrow's hurt. Most people are like, yeah, yeah, this probably isn't going to be their year. The AFC's loaded. They've won four of five. They've won three straight. Burrow last week absolutely lights up the Niners. He completes 86% of his passes. They hang 31 on San Francisco in San Francisco. And the only talking point coming out of that game is how the Niners have lost three in a row. I I think with the injuries to Matt Milano and Tredavious White, the Bengals hang a big number here. The Bills are going to be forced to engage in a shootout. I think they put up a number as well. And I'm going to tell you, Burrow's still 20-1 to to win the MVP out there. I think people are sleeping. You saw him early in the season when he's hurt, the Bengals stink. When he's healthy, they look fantastic. That is the literal definition of value. And this is the most valuable player award. So I hammered that earlier this week. Over 49.5 in that game is my favorite play on the Sunday card. I love it, Joe. I've been wide awake. I said I trust Joe Burrow so much I'd give him my PIN number on my debit card. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've never heard that one before. That's good. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, you mentioned the game Miami-Kansas City. It's in Germany. How do you view this one? This is a tough one, uh, especially when it comes to totals, because we're talking about Germany. We're talking about travel. Mm -hmm. Kenny can probably speak to this better than I can, obviously. But, I mean, Kansas City went over late in the week. Miami went over early in the week. Everybody's got their different strategies. Same thing with the Mexico City game and the elevation. Do you come in late and try to get in and out before it affects you? Do you come in early and try to acclimatize? What are you going to do? I'm going to play Kansas City here. 
And the easy narrative is to say, well, Miami hasn't beaten anybody. And they haven't. All of their wins are against teams with losing records. But that's not the handicap. The handicap is the fact that this price is way too low on Kansas City. It's a buy low spot. People look at what happened last week against Denver. and Oh, how bad does Kansas City look? What's wrong with Kansas City? Nothing's wrong. The quarterback was sick. They committed five turnovers. They're playing a divisional rival on the road two weeks after they had just played them. Like, there are plenty of great excuses for why they had an outlier performance. So let's treat it like that. It's an outlier performance. Now they're laying just one and a half against Miami. I mean, the Kansas City defense has been very good this season. Mm -hmm. And good defenses have limited that Miami offense. I think this is a good buy low spot on the Chiefs. Talk with Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, ESPN bat analyst, co-host Carlin versus Joe. Weekdays, noon until 3 Eastern time here on ESPN Radio and on Sportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. How do you handicap the post-trade deadline teams in terms of, like, for example, uh, we have Washington trading away two defensive ends. We have the Cardinals trading away their starting quarterback, who I know they benched, but I don't actually believe they benched him. I believe they were going to start someone else. How do you look at the post-trade deadline with some of these teams? Dobbs was dangerous in Arizona because he came close to winning too many games and costing him that number one pick. Like, <laughs> yeah. You had to get him out of town, right? Yep. Like, just, Let's go with Clayton Toon, baby. Clayton Toon. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, excellent question. All the situations are different. Sometimes we're talking about fire sales like Washington. Sometimes we're talking about quarterbacks. Uh, positionally, they all carry different value. Quarterback obviously carries far more value than anything else. The Washington situation is very interesting because sometimes you can capitalize on the overreactions to what's happening. Thought process right now, Washington trades away Chase Young. They trade away Sweat. um, And they're sitting in a situation where everyone's like, they're packing it in on the season. We should play New England. New England's laying, what, three and a half, close to four, and it's not like that offense is hanging big numbers out there week in and week out. I know some guys here in Vegas, I haven't played it yet, but I know some guys that are lining up on Washington. They see the situation and they say, yeah, it looks like they're selling, but you still have an offense that can hang some points. They've been competitive with Philadelphia twice this year. If you're getting them at more than a field goal, take them. So sometimes the natural reaction is you see a team giving away good players or they look like they're going into the tank. The line adjusts. The, the narrative amongst everyone is, oh, this team's going to be terrible. You can make money thinking the opposite. You should think contrarian. The first thought you should always think is, is the opposite of what everyone else is thinking and then work your way backwards. And I think in the case of Washington, everyone sees them fire sailing. I wouldn't be surprised if that game's very competitive this weekend. Joe, you talked about positional value, and of course quarterbacks have the most value. A, a game that nobody would have interest in unless they're putting money on is the Minnesota Vikings and the Atlanta Falcons, both of them making changes at the quarterback spot. How does that impact how you view the line this week and the futures with regard to both of those teams? I mean, Atlanta's laying four here, and you got almost no experience from the starting quarterback in Minnesota. And you also have to figure if that organization was of the belief that they were going to contend for a wild card spot, you lose Cousins, who, let's be honest, he's become one of their most likable guys. I think between the Netflix show and what that's done for everyone publicly, and every time we see them win, everyone's celebrating on the plane with them. He seems to be a guy the team rallies around. So they got to feel pretty bad for their fallen teammate. I mean, I I just think all the way around with Minnesota right now, what's the mindset? Are they going to come out motivated? Then on the other side, it took forever to get to Taylor Heineken which makes me think, I don't know, what do you have in Taylor Heineke here? You're laying four. couple guys I've talked to in town, uh, like Minnesota in this matchup, I have done nothing with it. I would lean a little bit more towards Atlanta because I don't think it can get a lot worse than Desmond Ritter, but 
man, they looked terrible last week against Tennessee. Just terrible. So thank you for asking the question is the best I can say right there. That's it. Thank you for asking me that question. <laughs> Joe, I, I know you gave us a picture you liked, but did you give us a wink-wink game of the weekend? I don't think we've yeah, gotten that yet. Yeah, where's the wink-wink? Wink? Which game, game? are you fixing? So, I mean, t- uh, betting on. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'm looking at the college football card, and I got it's like all big games. I'm laying the three with Alabama. I'm going over 55 and a half in Missouri, Georgia. If I was going to give you a wink, wink, there'd be two that would qualify. One would be Arkansas plus the four and a half against Florida. All right, everyone's going to look at that. Florida, Arkansas's lost six straight, so no one's going to want anything to do with them. Uh, this is what we call the buy low spot. Uh, it's a sandwich spot for Florida as well. Florida's off a huge game against Georgia, and next week they're going to LSU. That that. That is just the classic, we're flat, and then we're looking ahead. And meanwhile, Arkansas is off their bye week, and they've lost six straight. But there was a four-game run in there where it was like LSU, A&M, Ole Miss, Alabama. Like, yeah, of course they're going to lose those games. I-, I would look to Arkansas. I think there's good value there at the points. It was plus six yesterday, so, so some of the sharp guys came in and hit it before we could talk this morning. And then if you want to lay a bigger number, South Carolina minus 15 and a half. They're playing Jacksonville State. This is just a get-right game for South Carolina. They've lost four straight. Here comes an inferior opponent. Take out all your frustrations on them and get ready for the final push at the end of the season. Uh, those That four-game losing streak, Tennessee, Florida, A&M, Missouri, uh, just brutal. Absolutely brutal. So I think they get right in that game. And if you're looking, we got the NBA in-season tournament starting today. Boston's 8-1. to one. They're already playing very well. I think with the way the season ended last year, they might be more inclined to take this more seriously than other teams. 8-1 to one with the way they play defense and the additions of Holiday and Porzingis. I think that's good value. I'd look to that. They're like minus 155 to win their group. If you look at the group they're in, there isn't a real title contender in there to give them a serious push. So if Boston treats this seriously, they're winning that group. And at eight to one to win the whole thing, I think that's a good price. Thank you, Joe. We appreciate it. We'll talk next week. Pleasure as always. Love you guys. You're doing a fantastic job. Thanks for having me on. There he is. Joe Fortenbaugh, of course, uh, part of ESPN bet and Carlin versus Joe weekdays, noon until three Eastern time. We will make our picks against his show and all of the other shows on ESPN radio coming up next on Sportsmanlike ESPN radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. This is ESPN Radio's Pick'em Challenge. 
It is Unsportsman Like on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you each and every week at this time. We pick games in the NFL against our other teammates here on other shows. There's one thing I'm unaware of, and maybe I just missed it. What does the winner get and what does the loser get? Is there Ooh. is there any kind of prize or punishment with this? That's a good question. We've never asked it. I don't know. Do and, we get a prize if we win? And we're very much in the middle, so we don't have to worry about either right now. Yeah. We don't have to worry about the prize nor the punishment. But Nuno, do we know, producer Nuno, do we know if there's a prize or a punishment here? It's called pride. We're doing this oh. for pride. Ooh. Ain't it a little too early in the season to be talking about playing for pride, Nuno? I mean, we not even, we're just we're just getting to the midway point in the season. Should, right. we, should we throw something out on the table? Well, I mean, there should be something. I yeah, think right? so. Absolutely, there I, should be stakes. I, I mean, agree. you know, you know what it should be the the other shows that don't win, the losers should have to pay for the show that wins to have a dinner, a nice dinner, a nice sit down dinner. Oh, you're deeming everyone to be a loser, not the last place. There's person. only one winner. Haven't you seen uh, Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby? Yeah. No, I just want to make if sure. If you're not first, you're last. Now, Carlin versus Joe's in first place. You know they that, are. that if they win, they are feasting. They're oh, going to yeah. go to Vegas or they're going to have well, a full Well, you know, the, the only reason they're in dinner. first place is because Joe Fortenbaugh, for a couple of weeks early on, sandbagged us That's and right. gave us picks that were actually counter to what he <laughs> was actually picking and, himself. And by the way, they're not exclusively in First place. Q Myers, Emmett That's Golden, right. and the That's team right. in game night are tied with them. Now, again, we know that they pick games after they happen on Mondays and Thursdays. Uh-huh. So, so it it's easy. Like, they picked the Steelers last night after it happened. Right. So, okay, yeah, we could do that, too, theoretically. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we think that everyone, every show chips in for the winning show's big dinner. I don't yes. know. I think they're – so for our phone tag, if the guys don't procure John Smoltz by what, Monday? Yep. Nuno has to do an ice bath. Isn't that what was on the, on the table? Don't you think that there should be something for the losers? And maybe I shouldn't say that since we're in that category. <laughs> but I just think there should be something so more than a dinner. penalty more than prize. Yes. For uh, all shows? Like, so everyone who doesn't finish in first, everyone gets a punishment based upon where you finished in the, I guess, in the stand-ins. Let's do it that way then. If we want to make it spicy, if we want to make it interesting. Yeah, we could do that. I mean, we could do that. You're like, look at where we are in the I'd rather just give the $20 and have yeah, to do like, whatever I'm about it to say. is. I'd rather pay for the dinner for the yeah. winner than, than anything else. But that is, if every host has to give $20, let's just say, yeah. for the show, that becomes that's a, a nice, good dinner. That's a nice dinner. Right, yeah. 60 Carlin, bucks just, yes. yeah. What did she just say? Wow. Shots fired at Chris Carlin. Wow! That is not Way nice. to knock him down a peg, Nuno. That after his is not team, nice. after his team won a championship, he's celebrating. Got to knock him down a peg. I see you, Nuno. Yeah, you better be careful, Nuno. It's small. Listen, I'm it. not going to concede that we're not going to win this contest, though. I mean, we're four games away from winning. Yeah. Let me just have a couple of good weeks, and we'll be all right. Listen, yeah, we're Nuno like better be careful. Right? Couple, right? couple, couple, couple of three and zero weeks, we'll be fine. Penalty coming for get, Nuno. We can get back in this thing. By Monday, we can get back in this thing. Yeah, where we Don't we have to find the games that we're going to pick? And decide what we're going to do. Oh, Dolphins, yeah. Chiefs. Isn't, it, isn't it time for us to do that? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Chiefs are favored by one and a half. Dolphins, Chiefs, Germany. Where are we going? This is so weird because of the Germany element. Mm. I don't know. I'm I'm not as high on the Chiefs as you guys are. Okay. So I feel like it's going to be two versus one. You guys want to go with the Chiefs, but I just look at the offense. It hasn't looked the same. You know they have 16 turnovers. It's tied for the second most in the NFL. There's a lot of turnovers. You know they just have not looked as. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Chiefs-like as they have in years past. So I could totally see the Dolphins going in in Germany, 
it's it's a, a road game for both teams, weird time zones. I could just see it being a Dolphins win. But you guys go make the Chiefs pick because I, I, I know that's where we want to I don't go. know. I mean, basically what you're doing is you're picking who's going to win this game because of the line. It's a point and a half. And Pat Mahomes doesn't lose back-to-back games. I mean, it's quite literally only happened three times in his career, and the last time was two seasons ago. I just – I don't see it in so this spot. Due? Yeah, <laughs> and then the other thing is the Miami Dolphins defense plays a heck of a lot of man coverage, and Pat Mahomes shreds man. I mean, this season he's top five in touchdowns, QBR, completion percentage, and yards per attempt versus man coverage. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs, good by me. Seahawks at Ravens. Ravens favored by six. I love the Ravens in this spot. I do. I mean, you're talking about a West Coast team that's traveling east. I mean, the last time, I I just, I I feel like the Baltimore Ravens, because of their defense and because this is Seattle, an NFC team getting a crack at Lamar Jackson, it's going to be different and unique, unlike anything that they've seen in their respective conference. I, I think with what we've seen the last two weeks from that Ravens offense, we should have confidence in Lamar, that group continuing to ascend. I love the Baltimore Ravens. I have no problems with them laying the six points. I love the Ravens in this spot as well. I'm pulling it up so that I get it correctly. I think he's 17-1 and against the NFC. That is correct. 17-1 and against the NFC. So I think we'd be a little foolish not to pick Lamar and the Ravens, right? Lamar at home against Geno. I'm fine going with Lamar. The only, thing that, the only thing that would, I would, would scare me a little bit is that Seattle is so well coached and they played great defense most of the time. Leonard Williams coming in the mix now. Maybe, maybe they cover Totally fine. Ravens minus six. No issue with that whatsoever. The final game. We got Chiefs minus one and a half. Ravens minus six. Cowboys at Eagles. Eagles favored by three. I like the Eagles. Interesting. You like the Eagles. You know what? You don't? I'm going to say this, and there's not a ton of logic that goes behind it. Other than the fact that Dak Prescott is 25-4 and against NFC East opponents going back to 2017. 25-4. 57 touchdowns to only 16 picks. The Eagles offense turns it over a heck of a lot, even though their defense has been really good at sudden change. I think the Cowboys are a little bit different in terms of capitalizing on opponent miscues. I like the Dallas Cowboys in this spot. And if it's for no other reason, if it doesn't happen for Dak and Dallas now, when is it ever going to happen? When are they going to beat a team that we think is championship caliber? Whether it's in the regular season or postseason, this is their opportunity to prove it. I like the Cowboys getting the points on the road. Give me Dallas. Every game the Cowboys have played over the last two, or the last two games, excuse me, I could literally see it either way. It's very odd. They, they are the team that I look at and say, sure, I can see them losing. I can see them winning. They played the Rams. They played the Chargers. We sat here and we talked about those games. Either I could have seen it going either way with each of those. Niners, not as much, obviously. Patriots, unfortunately for me, not as much. Are we going to pick against the Eagles, though? And I've been all in uh. supporting the Cowboys all year. I'm fu- you guys decide. I'm passing it along to you guys because I don't care. The, the only one that I would have really fought on is if we didn't pick the Chiefs. That's the one that, to me, would have been bothersome if we didn't. That's not to say the Dolphins can't win. It's just are we going to really pick the Chiefs have multiple bad games in a row? That's the one that, to me, I, I had an issue with. I'm Flip a coin if you want. So your stat about Dak and the division is a really good one, but that wasn't the same NFC East, and I think Jalen Hurts is a, a different animal. I don't know. I just don't feel great betting against this version of the Eagles with that quarterback. All right, I got an idea. Do you want to have Pat Costello, who's an Eagles fan, decide here he has to make the pick so either way maybe we blame him 
if it goes right or wrong, or credit him. I, we don't want to credit him if it goes. I don't right. want to ask Pat. No. I don't so want to ask credit, Pat to do my dirty work. No, but it, we credit one of you mm-hmm. if it goes right, and if it goes wrong, then we blame <laughs> him, right? Because you picked both ways. Pat, where would you lean on this as an Eagles fan? Uh, Eagles by a million. He's All right, gonna, you know what? Screw gonna, it. Pick gonna, the Cowboys. Gonna, exactly. Pick the Cowboys. Okay. Pick the Cowboys. Cowboys I, I just, plus I three. I got a feeling that this is the game that Dallas is going to have to show up. I just got a feeling about it. Jalen Hurts, that knee a little banged up. I don't know. It just, you know, Philly just ain't been right. You know, it just haven't been right. I, I think that this is the spot that the Dallas Cowboys come through. Good. So then we can just go against Pat. It's fine. So Eagles by a million, which means if they win by 30, he's wrong. Yeah. Good. All right, coming up, our most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. He survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most unsportsmanlike moment of the day. That was terrible. Was not a great look. Each and every day, we give out the unsportsmanlike moment or moments of the day. Something funny, something wacky, something wild, something, I don't know, we may say unsportsmanlike. Hello, Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. So let's go last night, Texas Tech TCU, college football game. And um, yeah, well, we have an unsportsmanlike moment and a good hands moment. Because take a look and I'll describe and we'll all describe what happened last night. There was a possum on the field at the Texas Tech TCU game. The possum was running up and down the field, and then someone had the good hands and got the possum on, like, a dog leash, it looks like, and just dragged the possum, I don't think they hurt the possum, off of the field. That was our good hands moment of the week, brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you're in good hands. Has ever happened to you when you were on the field, CC? Or no, it never happened to me. This? Was Texas Tech playing possum last night and end up getting a win against TCU? But I'm bumped. Man, why not? I mean, I couldn't be the one that had that job to have to get the possum off the damn field. Did you see that possum digging the, yeah, the nails? Yeah, the I, didn't, I, didn't, 
is a that that is a wretched looking creature. I'll tell you what. Be careful. There is a contingent of people out there that are very pro possum. Really pro possum. Pro possum. I mean, that's like being pro New York City rat. One time I was in St. Louis. Feel like they're related somehow. I was hosting my show in St. Louis, and I talked about how I threw the went to throw the trash out. I opened the trash can. There was a possum there. Slammed the thing shut because that is a terrifying creature. No doubt. Eyes and the nose and the teeth. And I was saying, I don't understand why this thing is so ugly. What's the point? What's the, the silent O at the beginning of the name? Like, just get out of here, possums. A lot of pro-possum people in my mentions saying, you don't pro understand. Pro-possum they're, as they're, like a pet? I, I don't understand no, just, it. No, just to their part in the food chain and the ecosystem. Their part in the food yeah, chain. They're, they're like a harmless animal. That's See? why people Pat, like them. Pro-possum. There you they're, go. They're a harmless animal? Yeah, they just look bad. I mean, so Pat, are saying, are, is that how you feel about city rats too, Pat? They're a harmless animal? They don't bother anybody? They're as harmless. I think Pat likes they're, it because they're not possum... As no, I don't think so. Possum is a big wrestling term when like a guy fakes like he's like a sleeper. Like, yeah, you're playing possum and you're... Co- like, you know, you could hear Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan in your head when you hear the word... Po- at least I I can, and I'm sure Pat can as well with possum. So there's one candidate, unsportsmanlike moment of the day. How about Draymond Green, Golden State Warriors? And I'm a huge Draymond fan personally. Uh, well, he had an interesting comment about uh, the team a year ago. Last year we had an awful team as far as chemistry goes. It was hard to come to work, um, not fun, you know. Uh, and so this year you see the joy, you know, on guys' face when they come in the building. And you're like, okay, this is a group that likes being together. So, yeah, see, um, one of the things last year— So he likes being together even though he doesn't like Chris Paul, but he's happy about the team because they got rid of Jordan Poole. Well, that's the thing. Let's just call it what it is. Like, I'm I'm happier about us getting rid of Jordan Poole than I am upset about us adding Chris Paul. That's what you're saying. That's what you're saying, bro. Let's just go ahead and call it what it is. Put a name on it. I've never known Draymond to tiptoe around saying what he really want to say. Well, but the chemistry was bad because he punched someone in the face. That's why the chemistry was bad. And here's the, the, the thing well, may, about that. Well, maybe the locker room called the code red and Draymond was the one that executed it. Maybe Draymond went all Jack Nicholson. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. <laughs> I'll be the one to do it. Whatever it is. That's Have you ever the, been that guy? Huh? Have you ever been that guy? Oh, are you kidding me? That's oh, how but- I lasted 11 years in the NFL. I'm, what you mean? If somebody calls the code red, I'm the one that's going to execute. Chris Cancy's answering the you phone. You damn right I am. You damn right. That's yeah. the sneaky part of it. Look, Geno nobody- Smith don't get his jaw broken unless the rest of the locker room called the code red. <laughs> okay. You mean to tell me 90 people in the locker room can't stop the starting quarterback from getting his jaw broke? Stop it, Smalls. <laughs> it's in an NBA locker room. There's players all over the place. You mean to tell me nobody was going to break it up? They just going to let Draymond roll up on it, knowing how, let me say this, quick-tempered Dre is? Stop it. We all knew how that was going to end, Smalls. Come on now. <laughs> Nobody defended Jordan Poole. That's the sneaky part about all of this is that everyone was critical of Draymond. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. But nobody said that. I hate to say it this way, but it's almost like the team gave off the vibe of he had it coming to mm-hmm, him mm-hmm. the entire season. Now, another unsportsmanlike moment. Uh, on the TV side, you'll watch this on ESPN. You will have to describe this. Uh, this is Chris Canty realizing that he almost knocked over a piece of equipment today. As he's jumping in the chair, he's, uh, and he <laughs> knocks over the equipment, he catches it, and he looks up. Like, oh, you just saw me. You just saw me. I'm on camera doing this. It was a good catch. And really his good. earpiece that is connected to this piece of equipment came, like, basically pulled the equipment with him, and then he caught it. 
<laughs> I don't think that's unsportsmanlike because he caught it. He didn't ruin anything. Once an athlete, always an athlete, Smalls. Like you said, reflexes. that hand-eye coordination. I saw it. I saw it. You see it. I give you mad props for that. I don't even there think it is, it's a consideration. I don't understand I'm why I'm impressed. looking at the camera like I'm a kid that got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. You're like, because I know you're, you're a kid that got caught. Because you got caught. That's why you saw yourself getting caught there in that spot. Oh the other gosh. thing I'll bring up, and this is more sportsmanlike than unsportsmanlike, well, depending on what our answers are today is national sandwich day oh great okay love a sandwich you had one sandwich you can only eat one sandwich oh. the rest of your life what are you eating italian sub what's in it give us everything in it how oh. you like it exactly in uh, terms the of various sub. meats i need i need a prosciutto i need a salami Ooh. a capicola in there give me the shredded lettuce tomato banana peppers some slivered onions i need the bread to be toasted italian on the bread, we need a little olive oil, a drizzle of vinegar on the bread. Very important because it soaks up the flavor in the juices. A little oregano, salt and pepper. Chef's kiss. Cece? So is a hot dog a sandwich? I'm just asking. Oh, boy. No, it's in stop, 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 yeah, stop. You know, having Because I'm kind of torn because you know I love, I, love, I, love, I love Portillo's. Oh, yeah. And I love Romanti Brothers oh, in yeah. Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So it's just like I, I'm split. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Do I go with Chicago? Do I go with Pittsburgh? They're, so they're both outstanding. What if you place? combine them? Oh, that's not a sandwich. That, Why you not? know what? If I could combine them, then guess what? I'm dead not and going to heaven. Because <laughs> there's nothing that good on earth. Like, if you could combine both of them, that would be amazing. Left your body. My soul is, it's an outer body experience. You know how people talk about it? That's what it would be if you combine Portillo's with Permanente. So, you brothers. want the Italian beef from Portillo's? Oh, outstanding. Now, I've never been to Pittsburgh. National What's Sandwich Permanente Day, we're doing this? Really? That's where we're going to pick up. Like Ita- 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 Italian world, beef? It's a, That's world, a sandwich. It's a world famous sandwich. What kind, what's on it? I mean, no, there, there's a different. There's oh, a there's bunch different, of, a bunch of different. Pretty much options. anything out there is, is, is amazing. Okay. Anything on it is amazing. Like, that's one of those. I got to stop through there if I'm playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. No doubt. Chicken parm. Just go with easy chicken parm. A chicken parm sandwich? Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You can have chicken parm without the sandwich. Like all the things I just mentioned in an Italian sub, I'm not eating those collectively without putting it in a sandwich. So a buffalo chicken sandwich then? You want me to go there? Well, you you can have buffalo chicken wings. Okay, so we're gonna, but you could have salami on a plate if you want, with like the wrapped up cheese and everything like that. You could have that. Oh, I forgot to add the cheese. Definitely okay, throw so some there you Swiss go. or provolone. Pat, where are you going? You going Philly cheesesteak on this National Sandwich Day? Nah, I think I'd go like a nice roast beef beef hoagie. Oh, with some au jus. No. Oh. Just nor- normal, no. No normal cold cut roast beef hoagie. Oh, cold roast yeah, beef. Oh, yeah. Nothing else on it. Oh yeah, American lettuce, tomato, salt, pepper, oregano. So you're not going with the cheesesteak. Not going with the cheesesteak. Okay. Javante, National Sandwich Day, where are you going? Oh, that's, that's Whatever's a good one. free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Whatever's free. Whatever they buy me. <laughs> uh, probably say like a, normally like a, like a spicy Italian sub, no, right. like pepperoni and nice. you know, go, different Javante. type of meats on there, and then nice. lettuce, you know, probably jalapeno peppers, banana peppers. All right, what's uh, our I'm, all, I'm all about the Italian, but I, I, the one thing that I don't like, the mortadella, I, I, I'm out on mortadella. Don't I'm love out, it I'm out of it. I'm don't out on it. that. Like, if, if the sandwich has that on there, like, take it off, or I want nothing to do with the sandwich. It's like in the same lane as mayonnaise for me. It's just, I can't, like, I cringe when I see it on my sandwich. So not a mortadella mayo not sandwich. Not a mortadella, no mayonnaise. I can't do that. Like, I'm, a, I'm with the Italian sub. The Italian sub Slightly toasted. I'm, I'm all oh, about yeah. it. Some banana peppers. Salt and vinegar chips on exactly. the side. No doubt. You know, no that's, doubt. That's, a little that's... oregano and Parmesan cheese. Oh, stop Yeah, that. I could set it off. If it has mortadella on there or if it has the doggone mayonnaise, can't do it. I'm all the way out. Nuno? I might slap you no, for last... trying to put it on my sandwich. Nuno, what do you got? 
Uh, I'm going to go see my boys at Gaetano's. They do a oh, he's chicken, yeah, all right. chicken breast with pursue broccoli rob on an Italian bread. Broccoli rob? Sounds horrible. Yeah. Broccoli rob on a sandwich. Broccoli. Great. Trust me. Balsamic vin- vegetables? Vinegar? Vegetables? On National Sandwich Day, you put those kinds of vegetables but that aren't... Broccoli. Let- broccoli? Oh, my God. Are you getting God. punished? Greedy up next. We're on to Monday. <laughs> it's Unsportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.